bureaucratic. This is Annie Vett. Hey, this is Golf Club. Hey, what's up? It's Caster. Hey, this is Stylist. Hey, what's up? This is Cofresi. Hey, this is Jack London. Hey, this is Kiva. This is Cloud Cord. What's up? This is Wicked the Instigator. This is Jesse Breda. Hey, this is Jason Hand. Hey, this is Father Funk. Hey, this is Dunks from the Funk Hunters. This is Incanti. What's up, y'all? This is Unlimited Gravity. This is MCG. This is Max Future. Yeah, listen to the Green Room Podcast. This is the Green Room Podcast. And you're listening to the Green Room Podcast. Hey, this is Co Paris, and you're listening to the Green Room Podcast. This is Fleming Ghosts, and you are listening to Green Room Podcast. Okay, Pat, what yeah. have you been watching lately? What have I been watching lately? I'll be I... back. I'm getting a drink. Okay, cool. So Megan's grabbing a drink. I'm going to tell you guys about what I've been watching lately. So I apologize if I nerd out. But I've been watching this Michael Jordan documentary called The Last Dance. And I'm super stoked on it. It's been very fascinating. As a person who grew up in the 90s, obviously, you can't escape um, MJ, Michael Jackson, and Michael Jordan. So watching this uh, documentary, The Last Dance, has been really cool because it's kind of, it's about the last season of Michael Jordan's run with the Bulls, 1998 Bulls, and them going into winning their sixth championship. And it's a little bit of a backstory, and it goes all the way back into the history of Michael Jordan entering the league and yada, yada, yada. And it's so fascinating because it kind of shows another side of Michael Jordan. We all think of him as this celebrity and he had a great public image, but he's kind of a dick. And I think he's kind of a dick in a good way because he's just like hyper competitive and he demands the best out of his teammates. So they show a lot of the behind the scenes things and they show a lot of, um, Really, really cool stories. So if you guys are out there for our fans who are are viewing outside of the United States, you guys can watch it on Netflix. I believe it's streaming on Netflix. And for everybody in the United States, you can watch it on ESPN. Or if you're really clever, you can find a way to illegally stream ESPN. And that airs on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. But yeah, anyway, it's been a, it's been a pretty uh, pretty good time. That's what I've been watching. Um, other things that I've been watching in quarantine, because I've literally been unemployed now for two months. I've been watch. Obviously, everybody watched Tiger King. I'm pretty stoked that they're making a reenactment of the true story of Tiger King with Nicolas Cage playing the lead. So I don't know if you guys have heard about that, but that's pretty exciting because. Nicolas Cage is a gem in pretty much everything that he does, whether it's you'd consider it good or bad, it's still going to be entertaining. So him playing um, Joel Exotic is, is I, in my opinion, is going to be awesome. And then we have to think about who's going to be playing some of these other characters, right? Like who's going to be playing his two boyfriends? Who's going to be playing Carol Baskins? Who's going to be playing Carol Baskins' dead husband, right? Uh and did Carol Baskins kill her husband? That's the question. I think, Megan, what do you think? What were you talking about, Willis? Carol Carol Baskins? Did she kill? It's Baskin, Baskin. not Baskins. Oh, well, Carol Baskin? Did she do it? She 100% did that. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm asking your opinion. Yeah, she did that shit. <laughs> Um, all right, for so sure. we have we have our guest uh, waiting here for us. Um, should we bring him in, Megan? Yeah. 
My name is Bureaucratic. This is Annie Vet. Hey, this is Golf Club. Hey, what's up? It's Cast Hey, this is Stylist. Hey, what's up? This is Cofresi. Hey, this is Jack London. Hey, this is Kiva. This is Cloud Cord. What's up? This is Wicked the Instigator. This is Jesse Breda. Hey, this is Jason Hand. Hey, this is Father Funk. Hey, this is Dunks from the Funk Hunters. This is Incanti. What's up, y'all? This is Unlimited Gravity. This is MCG. This is Wax Future. Yeah, listen to the Green Room Podcast. Listening to the Green Room Podcast. And you're listening to the Green Room Podcast. Hey, this is Co Paris. You're listening to the Green Room Podcast. This is Fleming Ghosts, and you are listening to Green Room Podcast. Was that was a, able to hear I was that? really impressed. There's so many people on there. I was like, I know a lot of these people. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> That's right. We were just talking about it. Um, so I was uh, binging a bunch of your music recently. And I was looking oh, cool. through a lot of your releases. And like one thing I always try to check out is like what label these releases are on. And I just like recognize so many um, familiar labels. Uh, you've been doing a lot of stuff with Play Me lately. A uh, handful, handful of Westwood releases. And then um, our homies, uh, Gravitas. Uh, you had one with David Starfire. I think that was last year, 2019, right? Yeah, David Starfire and uh, Stefan Jacobs' new project, Bossa. Bossa, yeah, it was really cool. And, you know, so um, what's it like? I want to ask you, what's it like? Because uh, I don't do this. I'm not an independent artist. But, like, how, how do you go about kind of managing the sea of all these labels and getting your releases out there. And I, I obviously after you do that, you have a great relationship because I've been seeing a lot of stuff with play me, but how does that go for you? Um, well, you know, every label works a little bit differently, but I think that it's all sort of come out about like really organically where I'm like friends with the people that like run the labels. Mm -hmm. um, and we've just sort of connected over, you know, similar tastes in music. And um, uh, man, I don't know. I just email people <laughs> and be like, hey, do you guys like this? And they're like, that's sick, man. Let's release it. And then we figure out a, a date and a schedule. We'll figure out art mm -hmm. and everything. And um, yeah, I've just been really, uh, really, it's so awesome to be able to work with so many different people just because I like hanging out with lots of different types of people. I always have. And uh, I, think, I think that's one thing that I, I find is a kind of a constant across musicians in general, whether you're um, a country musician or whether you're a rock musician or electronic musician, whatever you're doing. I think the one thing that kind of ties us all together is we all love to meet and talk with interesting, diverse people. Oh yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. I, that's why I, I wanted to do this with y'all. Yeah, for sure. And I'm so glad you did because it was really funny when I, I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago to set this all up and during this quarantine, I've been like, I was a bartender and obviously bars and restaurants are closed kind of everywhere. So, Shut, so man. I've been unemployed for two months and I've just been kind of going through and trying to get my production chops up and running. And it, like kind of my, my first website I go to every morning while I make coffee is YouTube and I see what's on YouTube. And I saw this one tutorial and it was, it was like your tutorial but I very rarely click on tutorials these days because I'm like, I think tutorials and I, you know, people will differ with me here, but I personally find them kind of in general to be a waste of time because it's like a lot of things that you're sifting through and things aren't well organized. And yeah. just on a, on a whim, I, I clicked on, um, I believe it was your tutorial talking about the Skrillex uh, template that he put out, the project template oh, yeah. that he put out and you were yeah. analyzing it. And I had totally missed it because I'm like the worst person on social media 
to catch it. And I know he like took it down right away. So I was watching your an analysis on it while I was drinking coffee. And I'm like, man, this guy is so well organized. And I'm like, yeah, you kind of, the name sounds familiar. And then I like typed it in on Facebook. I'm like, oh God, okay. I know that. So I'm like, wow, that's so great. And so I've watched a, a handful of your tutorials since then. And I picked up, um, so I use, I'm an Ableton user and Megan is not, but I picked up your magic racks just last oh. night and I was like fucking around with them. And thank you. Yeah, dude, they're so cool. They're so, they're so cool. And it's like, it's, it's so beautiful because you just use the native, um, sweet plugins, Ableton sweet plugins. And that's what I find is very frustrating when I watch a lot of tutorials, like, Oh, this is how you do this, but you need, um, you know, you need like this, wave, you thing. need this waves plugin yeah. or whatever. And I'm using that. And I'm like, okay, well let's just, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole, the point of you creating everything with native Ableton instruments is and effects is is really cool. I, I make it so that way it makes the producing easier. Yes. And faster because yes. like so much of production, it's like, it's like you have to get through production in order to allow the idea from your brain to reach the uh, the canvas of Ableton or, or whatever DAW that you're using. Absolutely. You know? And so anything that can expedite that and make that process more transparent, um, I, I find valuable. And I, I just try to put value towards the community that I love. And yeah, that's you're absolutely right. And that's what I found really engaging about the whole thing. So I watched a handful of your other uh, tutorials and I've learned a lot just in, you know, quarantine, do, being, being bored and doing nothing. And the, what I really appreciate of your tutorials is they're just so well organized and you find a lot of people, a lot of even famous producers who try to put tutorials on YouTube or on the web or wherever. And it's just so scatterbrained and like musicians are. So like, but you do, you do it in such a well organized way. And I really appreciate well, that. Well, we're all a little bit scatterbrained, we are. Yeah. you know, uh, I, I definitely, I can't say that I'm not scatterbrained. I just feel like, uh, I, I like teaching. So yeah. Yeah, it's been it's it's, it's it's great to watch your tutorials, man. Yeah, uh, I do try to edit out all my ums now because I you? do say um too much, and and like sometimes I make this weird, like I don't know, oh. clicking sound. I don't even know how I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I just go through the recorder. I'm like, oh, these clicks are awful, <laughs> and so uh, I tr I try to I try to edit myself a little bit uh, through that, and and just also learning how to talk without those. Uh, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> I'm still learning. It's it's it takes a, it takes some time. I mean, this is our 50th episode. We've been doing this for like two and a half years now, and it's still a challenge for us. We're getting much much better at it, but I what I've found that I do in my in my head in my day to day life is I try to approach every conversation like I'm recording, and you use that as practice. So then when you get on the mic, it just kind of. <laughs> Are you serious? You do that? I think about it from time to time. <laughs> I think about it from time to time. When you're talking with your mom or something or your I, yeah. dad? Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. I do. I do. I yeah, do. right. He doesn't get a word in with his mom. My mom. Yeah, she talks a lot. It's true. And I try to talk over her and she just doesn't hear it because she's deaf as well. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, so... Chris, how did yeah. you decide to get into this ridiculous realm that, that you're in? And especially like, how did you evolve from being, you know, your average hip hop producer, which I assume you were because we all kind of were. 
Um, how did you evolve from that into being like this Ableton goat? Well, uh, when I was uh, like, I think 11 or 12 years old. Yeah, I was making uh, hip hop beats. And also uh, I was making like cheesy trance tunes. Nice. So nice. I, I was like, like, I don't know if you ever heard of energy. Like N, the, le- and the N- letter N. Yeah, R-G. I have. Yeah. I was like making like really cheesy. like And then I'd like, I just had this uh, program called EJ. Um, and uh and it just allowed you to have eight tracks and you drop it in these samples and you couldn't import your own samples. It just had oh. samples in the program. Okay. It was super rudimentary. I mean, I was 11. Mm-hmm. And so I was making these things and uh, like some of the hip hop beats, I was, I didn't know how to rap at the time. And so it was 11 or 12 year old me. And so I just knew that rappers talked about drugs and I was just in the dare program <laughs> around that time. And okay. so it'd be like a hip hop beat. Like, and I'd be like, heroin, cocaine. It's just like 11 year old, just like saying words. Be like, I'm not supposed to say words. I like sometimes I'd whisper them into the mic in case, if my parents were home. Right. Yeah. So that way they wouldn't hear me saying them. Dude, you want to uh, hear a, a funny story? Like the first, so I'm, I'm old. I'm going to date myself on this, but I remember like after mowing lawns, I bought my first disc mint, my Sony disc man. And yeah. it had the G shock protection and whatever. And the first album I bought, I remember I bought it at Walmart and I didn't know that Walmart was like the parental like the, the clean version store oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at the time. I didn't know that. So I bought the Notorious B.I.G. Life After Death. That was the first CD I ever bought. And I bought the clean version on accident. And so I'm like, I had the headphones on. I had my Discman in my back pocket. And I was like putting my clothes away. And I'm like in maybe fifth grade, sixth grade. And I'm like rapping along to it. just And I'm swearing over like the, the edits. And then I just heard like a my mom yelling at me in the background because I had my head and this was like this was all new to me I had headphones in and I'm like apparently just yelling throughout the house just like fuck shit and she's like what and it comes in and like yeah it was a whole thing (laughs) oh man yeah those were those were the time it was I guess the early 2000s ish for me um uh but what was I gonna say oh yeah so then after that I got really into like metal and punk music oh awesome uh, and I was like really into new metal, which is like, uh, yeah, like your metal. Limp Bizkit. Yeah. I really liked Limp Bizkit, but more so I really liked like Slipknot and, uh, yeah. this group called Mushroom Head. I know Mushroom Head. Yeah. I'm, I'm into metal. Yeah. Did you ever, have you ever seen Slipknot live? I, you know, this is another part of my story. I didn't go to a live show until I was 20. Really? What was your first yeah. show? Um, I think it was Radiohead at the Hollywood Palladium really? or at the Hollywood, uh, the Hollywood, the Hollywood Bowl. Big, yeah. The Hollywood Bowl. Oh my God. Radiohead I think that was my was first, first ever concert. show. Really? This yeah. Cause I, I, I didn't go to shows as a kid. And also I grew up in Texas, so I had to move to another state to go to my first show. <laughs> Where in Texas are you from? Dallas. Dallas. Okay. Very cool. I've spent some time in Dallas. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't spend a whole lot of time there, so I don't really know a whole lot about it. I know they don't, don't they know. don't like when you say everything's bigger in Texas, tongue in cheek. They don't like that. 
Well, no, it's true though. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. So what, when did you move out of Texas? Like right when you graduated high school? Yeah, pretty much. And I, I went to this art school in California called uh, Cal Arts. Okay. Um, sort of a weird story. I, I This is like the most artistic school in America, says some random magazine I, I once read. Okay. And um, so how I got into the school, I, I applied for this program called Music Technology. And uh, I submitted a song made out of a uh, my friend throwing a dead bird against various objects. Nice. And then I chopped it up. And then I wrote this whole thesis on how I wanted to make music out of uh, the earthquakes in California. Nice. That's very And cool. that's how I went to college. Oh, yeah. Did, so now let me ask you, did you ever complete that, that journey? I've, yeah, I did. Did you? Um, and, uh, you know, like my senior thesis, we built like a, uh, a musical trampoline. And what do you mean by that? <laughs> it's a, we built a trampoline and it's got these little like stretchy, like sensors on it. And yeah. we, you could control MIDI with that. And oh. so that we controlled all the rest of the students, like robots, they had built musical robots. Like some people had guitar robots that like spun to play the strings or, or drumming robots. And so we controlled this whole orchestra of robots with this trampoline. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Oh is my there, God. If, is there any footage of that out there that I can watch? Uh, there is somewhere. <laughs> I think I probably also have some on some hard drives of mine. Do you have to send it over our way? I'd be curious to see that. Yeah, I think you'll see me like shaved in that one. Really? Shaved hair? Oh, so this isn't yeah. just your quarantine hair? No. <laughs> um, when did you decide to grow your hair out though? Yeah. Oh, ever since I was a kid, I think I just had, uh, I got lice my senior year of college for some reason. I don't know how. And so I <laughs> shaved happens, my head. Man. It, was it awful. happens, man. Dude, dead ass. Like, uh, we played a show for the lacrosse zombie bar crawl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't get lice. I got lice eggs. You did? Yeah. What? And I only found out because I went to go get my I was play, I played that show with I played that show with you. I know. And I went to go get my herded. What and the they fuck? were like, you have lice. How and come you like, never told Holy me this? shit. Like, Dude, this was like, this was like three years before ago. You, before you clean me, can you kill me? Okay. This was three years ago, Chris, and I'm hearing about it for the first time. And I played in her band at the time. Yeah. Well, know you know shit. what? You don't want to tell the whole world you got lice. I know. And you, you know what? Did. If you, you would have just had did. it, then you would have had it, motherfucker. I know. I know. Well, you that's right. You were, but you were at, in a separate at the same room. Time, I didn't have lice. I had lice eggs, which got pulled out. It was fine. All right. But good. I mean, like, not optimal. Definitely not, not my favorite not, thing. So did you shave your, you didn't, oh, you don't have to shave your head. No, I didn't shave, shave my goddamn head. I think Oh, my God. I think. Anyway. Okay. Chris, you yeah. are just like such a goat at, so many things and how did you realize that you really enjoyed teaching um because i know a lot of people are really good at like they're really good at certain things right but you will yeah. talk to like those kind of people and if you present them with like a teaching opportunity they'll like shrivel and die mm -hmm. you know so like it takes a certain kind of person that like wants to 
that has the capacity educated, and the yeah. charisma and everything to like right. share information. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. I mean, well, obviously I, you have like a bajillion subscribers on, on um, YouTube. So not yet. Working oh, on well, you know, like how I'm going to get that plaque you just reached up here. A big milestone the other day. YouTube. Yeah. The YouTube plaque. I heard they send them out. Yeah. Yeah. It will be uh, there. But yeah, like, how did you get to the point where you were like, I. This is something I'm I just going to start doing, doing tutorials all the time. Well, I wanted to do tutorials like years ago. Um, I was just too lazy. And sometimes I, I'm sure y'all have felt this where you're like, you want to do something, but you're afraid to approach it. Yeah. Um, and eventually I just got to the point where my desire to do it became stronger than the desire, the me being afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I feel like during that time, I actually learned enough to actually be able to teach mm-hmm. like, well, have you had yeah, like any imposter syndrome? Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. Let me, you know? let me, let me just like preface that for our audience right now, because they might not know what that is. Oh my God. Okay. I got to say this straight up. I did not know what that was. Michael Mannert is the person that was like straight up like. He, I mean, he was telling me about how he has imposter syndrome. So we're, I'm talking to like the co-creator of Pretty Lights about how he doesn't think that he's good enough to, you know, whatever, which is absolutely insane to me. But ironically, he was the first person that ever said to me yo, this thing exists. Yeah. Which I was like fully unaware of until like, when did we have him on? Like a year and a half ago? Michael was about a year ago, yeah. Yeah, so like really, like just recently I had this sort of epiphany or whatever that that it's a common thing that people experience and that, um, I don't know, I really didn't realize that I had embarked on something that was so common to all of us but anyway um michael was the one that talked to me about that and i think it's taken me like a really long time to get past my imposter syndrome and i still kind of see glimpses of it to this day even as i am a fucking instructor for a a, like electronic music school um anyway to not ramble on anymore like how did you deal with that do you experience that? Yeah. Well, I, you know, what's so interesting is just like when you're growing up, you sort of see adults as like, you know, like, oh, they're like a thing that like is unchanging, right. you know? Right. Uh, yeah, but then sure. like, as you grow up yourself, you realize, oh, I'm just a big baby. Yes. Yeah. You know, and all <laughs> yeah. adults are just no, big, totally. I had babies. that total epiphany too. Like the moment that my, that somebody in my life was like, FYI, your parents are fallible. I was like, shut the fuck up. Like I had a whole like reintegration of my whole understanding of life after realizing yeah. that my parents once you realize, weren't the thing always is, like, right and that they're just other people right. with opinions that mm-hmm. like tried to steer you right. But like at, at a certain point, they just become other people that are giving you their opinion. I think, yeah. I think and what, I think we have to get past that, that like our parents are infallible. Which, in my eyes, they were. So anyway, I completely go on. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and and also just like, 
uh, you know, there's so much misinformation I feel like out there for music producers. And also I feel like I had to go through several phases of like sucking, uh, and like doing something wrong and then like realizing that and then going and finding out how to do things right. And so right. I actually took the, I got to take some classes with virtual riot and getter oh, and, cool. uh, Alice oh, dream when he was brills. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just, it was this thing called EDM school that only happened like five or six times in LA. And I went to those and I was just sort of got to peer into like how they were approaching, um, making electronic music and then just really hearing from them, like what I was most interested in, I was just like, have you guys ever worked with Skrillex? How does he get his mixes so freaking clean? Yes. Uh, and then, so that's why I asked them. And then, you know, they told me their experiences. And so I started to develop this, um, uh, mindset of like, what would Skrillex do? There you go. WWSD. He would, he would yeah. do like, dude, Skrillex. I think the, one of the most impressive things about Skrillex live is how he can just do from a standing jump onto the table. Like, <laughs> dude, that like his vertical is pretty good. You know, it's not uh, bad. <laughs> and then, so from there, when Skrillex finally did release his, um, his, uh, like a video of his Ableton, then that was the first video on my YouTube page that like, I don't know, it, became the thing. And then after I upload that video, you know, it reached like tens of thousands of people. Was that the and one that I was referring to? Yeah. Okay. And that so was only that, like I a was, month ago, right? Not even. No, no. That was back in last November. Was it really? Yeah. Oh dude, it just showed up on my feed like, like two weeks ago. And that's when I saw it. Actually, you know that I think it was in July. Really? Okay. Yeah. Last July or something like that. Cause I was, I wasn't living in LA yet. Well, I had, I don't live in LA now but we moved to LA for about three months, uh, like the week before the coronavirus started oh. in, uh, in China. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so then we just recently moved back out of LA, uh, yep. away from LA. But, um, and so I, after I released that video, I was just like, okay, there's people on here wanting to learn things. I'll just keep on making videos. And I've mm -hmm. just sort of tried to do one once a week. Very cool, man. I saw one. I think the the actual first video I saw of yours was not that that Skrillex template that you put together and kind of analyzed. Um, yeah. But it was it was like called my favorite plugin, and it was your um, I believe span. It's a, yes, span. Yeah, yeah. And it is my favorite plugin. Is it your favorite plugin? Um, so yeah, I watched that one, and it was getting like I I don't know. I was in the wrong mindset because it was getting a little too technical, and I'm like, oh gosh. This is forty-five minute video or whatever. I'm like, I'll, yeah. just use, I'll just use Spectrum on on Ableton and get the same results. But I want to dig back into it. I you think won't I, though. I know, I know. I, I think I'm. I, I think I actually downloaded the plugin because it's free. Correct. Yeah. Shout out to what? What's it called? Spec. Uh, Voxango. Voxango. Voxango span. Voxango span. Download it, people. Um, Do it. Yeah. And that was the first video I saw. And then the, then when I saw your Skrillex video, I'm like, oh, this guy looks familiar. And then I realized I put, I put the pieces together. Word. Um, yeah. So I, I've spent, um, since we've been having you on the cast, and I've listened to a lot of your more recent music I've been just like seeing come up, but I, I dug back and I, looked, I listened to your first couple releases and I've, I listened to 
I listened to all your releases since we were. I don't here. know how early did you go? I went to the first one. Uh, Which one's that one? It, it was 2012. It was very stripped down, and um, it was all my found sound stuff. So I made yes, like yes, it's, it sounded I, very I, found soundish. Yeah. I, I made IDM before I made bass music. Yeah, I made like 48 albums worth of IDM. Um, in the four years that I was in college, really? And yeah, I I'm, I think I'm on my like 77th album really? right now. You're almost up there with something. Frank Zappa. Something like that. Yeah. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. So I just have. Are they all distroed? Uh. Well, the the out of the forty eight albums, I was such a space cadet. I made my own website and only put them on there. And then one of my friends who runs a record label, Dome of Doom Records, he was like, "Chris, what are you doing? You need <laughs> to actually release this stuff." And, and so he went through and listened to all 48 albums and picked out his favorite ones. And, uh, we released two, two different albums on his label, uh, back in 2012 of yeah. the best of. Yeah. It was the 2012 was the, f the first release. And I, I just looked on Spotify and went back to like albums as far back as I could go. Yeah. And there was two from yeah. 2012. And then I believe it was 2013. Um, shoot, what's, oh yeah. Uh, what's it called? Hold on. I have it pulled up. Uh, ego, killer. Uh, uh, ego killer. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. 20, that's yeah. 2013 ego killer. And that's yeah. when I started to notice like, like your sound kind of deviated a little bit. Yeah. That's when I started I, around that uh, 2012, I started making, uh, like electro house and like big room house. Yeah. Like because base, I was like, uh, what was was it? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, uh, yeah, I made a lot of garbage music. And then I, I was like trying to emulate Skrillex. And I was just trying to emulate people, but also have my own flair. I went through like this phase where I was like trying to be like indie electronic. Sure. And because um, all of that music sort of not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, and then I didn't really start getting good and actually started, I started making bass music after I went to Burning Man and I saw Camp Question Mark. Okay. Not familiar. Uh, camp question mark is a pretty popular elect, uh, electronic bass music camp at Burning Man. Okay. Uh, like they have like Skrillex and Diplo and bass nectar will play there. And, uh, and a bunch of like underground artists, they actually put up like, what's really cool is that they put up like underground artists, like right after like major, like mainstream acts. Oh, that's super and, cool. And, and so that just gives a lot of attention to the underground over there. That's awesome. Um, and, and so I heard that camp and then I was like, oh, I like this. And so I tried making some of that music and, yeah. um, and then, uh, also I, I was a part of this group called the Lucent Dossier Experience. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of that, Megan? I've not. Okay. So it's like a Cirque du Soleil meets Burning Man with world bass music. Interesting. So it's like, yeah. it's more of a, is it more of like a performance it's, art? Yeah. It's more of a, like a circus act, but like, but like weird, mm -hmm. like weird. Like okay. Weird. Like really weird. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're awesome. It was started by Dream Rockwell um, and uh, Shrine on, uh, but he, it's been through a lot of different evolutions, but you know, they're like major like they got their start with lightning in a bottle festival mm -hmm. 
which is where Megan and I, f- I think we first met there briefly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 That was like uh, right after you fired the, your band, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then from there, uh, I'll have to ask about that here soon. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so Loose and Dossier, you know, like we headlined the Sahara tent at Coachella for like 20,000 people in like 2016. So that was, it, it was sort of weird because like I went from like being, doing nothing and making like weird electro house to like making world-based music and like playing in front of like tens of thousands of people. Yeah, what was that like? How did that, how did that, um, did it, if at all, affect your mentality when you went from like zero to 60 that fast? Uh, yeah, well, there's the imposter syndrome thing right. that we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. And it's like up there and you're like, whoa, there's so many people looking up here. Like I got to do something entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> did it take you a while to adjust or did you kind of like fit right in? Uh, I was part of a weird group of creative people in LA. So I knew a lot of the people that were in it, mm-hmm. like beforehand so i sort of knew how they acted and so it did take me a little bit to get used to it but like i feel like i had it wasn't too difficult for me to get into it just because i knew most of the i already knew a lot of the people who i was performing with that's cool. like just from friendships beforehand yeah and like meeting them at festivals or working on projects together right and then um uh then they we stopped they stopped doing Lucent um, for a while. And then I started focusing on my solo stuff and then sort of started to pick up within the last few years. Very cool. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I've noticed, so getting back to kind of like your musical journey and different stylistic journeys and just looking on at your discography on SoundCloud, you did, you did a lot of that like IDM type stuff. And oh, then yeah. that 2013 Ego Killer, was that what it was called? Ego Killer? Yeah. Ego Killer is when you kind of started to deviate a little bit. And then yeah. what was really resonating with me was when I listened to bass shit because it's a lot of like bass house, house. bass yeah. house type music. And it's like, I, I'm like, oh, he's kind of de- like, because on Ego Killer, you kind of like went a little bit, you, you kind of teeter tottered on a, a couple different genres. And then it was like uh, bass ship. And I was like, okay, so bass house, first song, second song, bass house. And I was like, I'm popping out to squeeze a lemon real quick, y'all. Okay, gross. Squeeze um, those lemons. <laughs> but I was like that. Like Bring back some lemonade for us. <laughs> um, that's the one that like really resonated with me because I love bass house music. And that was so cool. And then I was like, okay, maybe he just went with that, that vibe. And then you go to um, a court and this is just on Spotify albums. So I know maybe it's not yeah. everything, but it's uh, there was Zorus and Qualms. And that was a little bit back more hearkening to the IDM, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that was that stuff that you made back in college that was kind of refound and re-put out, or was that new IDM at the uh, time? It was me trying to remaster some of those old songs. Okay. So I'd add bass lines behind them. I was like trying to add bass to these found sound IDM songs. Yeah, because your first two was like almost, there was no bass almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I had no idea that sub frequencies existed because I'd never been to a show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of wild when you go to your first like electronic show. I think that I remember the first show, first concert I went to, aside from being very little, I was very young and I went to go see this um, rock band called Blood, Sweat and Tears. And But I was too young to like really remember it with my yeah. parents. Um, but the first like proper show I went to, I think I was 18 and I saw um, 
the perennial uh, powerhouse duo Sticks and the REO Speedwagon uh, at like some classic rock festival that's that takes place around where I grew up. And that's when I was like, oh, dude, guitar is awesome. And that's how I started playing guitar. So I get it. I kind of yeah, know where yeah. you come from. Um, but uh, getting back to your discography, then you had the Zorus and Quoms, and then you go to Orbiting, the Ozone. And that, like, according to Spotify here, these are all 2016. So, like, yeah. it's really diverse. And then Orbiting, the Ozone was a little bit more of a smorgasbord of, of bass music. And I, there was a lot more of, like, the glitch, um, electro-funk-type yeah, type vibes. Yeah, yeah. And that was super cool. So I'm like, I just found that like really fascinating listening through your discography and like how you've grown and, and deviate, uh, with your musicianship. Yeah. Now I feel like my tunes are much better. I, yeah. I don't <laughs> recommend people going back to my old stuff unless you want to get real heady. Dude, I think, ba dude, I, th I, I, if I had to recommend something to people, I'd say bass ship, start with bass ship. If you fucking like bass house. No, don't like, start with bass ship. No. Okay. <laughs> like start it. with my newest stuff. Okay. Start with his newest stuff. Yeah, dude. But I did, like, I really enjoy, um, like a lot of, so ghost angel was a little bit more, it, it has a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. Well, ghost angel was me trying to do something that I, that no one had ever done before. So it's like mostly like 100 BPM sort of tracks, but it, the, all the sounds are like, like weird ass sounds. Like, like, like I, I was trying to find sounds online that were like paranormal sounds. And so I like looked at all these like cheesy, like YouTube videos of like the world's spookiest sounds. Oh yeah. So it's like, like a Halloween CD or something. No, no, not, not, not that cheesy, but oh. just like things like this recording made in 1952 was captured on, from like a German number station that was still playing since world war two, uh, you know, like yeah. those kinds of things. Sure, and sure. like, what's the secret message in this audio recording? Yeah. Have the Nazis been spewing propaganda since the yeah. end of the war? Yeah. Like that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so me just trying to find all these like weird sounds and like phenomena phenomena and like use that as as a thing and also the album was pretty inspired by this like tragic so here in Ojai uh there was this thing called the Thomas Fire at the end of 2017 okay and um basically like the whole valley caught on fire it was like one of the worst fires in California history and so the prop we were uh my girlfriend and I were living on a, a five acre farm with a bunch of other people and that property got hit by the fire and we had to like escape that night with like most oh, of all our valuables in a car. And so I was like staying at my uncle's house who happened to live in Southern California. And so a lot of those songs came from that time period of like, Oh shit, like they could have died. Wow. You know? Yeah. So is this more of like an expression would you say yeah. compared to like anything else that you've put together? It's not like, so like maybe some of your other albums might've been intentional. Like I want to make this song and that's, but like that one is more of a ghost angels, more of like just a, a splurge type of a thing. Well, it, I'd say a lot of my music, you know, is me trying to make good songs. And that one was like a whole concept album. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Cool. yeah I, enjoyed I, like, it, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, yeah. and that uh, according to, uh, to Spotify, like, so what it reminded me of a, a lot is, um, more modern Cohen sound albums, which is a little mm. bit like all over the board. You have, you, you have your like glitch and kind of like electro funk type, type vibes, but then you have more of your, 
your stripped down stuff. And I know you've like, you've also, de- I, I can't remember if it's on that album, but there's like a, some drum and bass tunes that you've worked on. I know. And I can't remember. Yeah, if that, that was on those that. have all been singles. Oh, those uh, have all been singles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed the diversity of that album. Um, and you know, then I, I noticed that all of like your top tracks and then you have a lot of, uh, just like singles and EPs and stuff. And so we got like, you've been pretty prolific already so far in 2020, you got like, um, I, I said 2019 earlier, but I was wrong. It's that walking in the stars with the David Starfire project, uh, yeah. be this funk, uh, horizon, Starbreak, hyperface. And right now, like you, 2020 is not even, we're not even in summer right now, technically. You know, no, not tech. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> technically. Uh, although it felt like it finally here today, but, Ooh. uh, like that's a lot of output already for one year. Well, I have so much shit, you know, like I, I release such a small portion of what I actually make. Sure. I, I don't know. People always ask me how I make so much approach, but I honestly don't know how I make so much music. I just, I'm just super focused. And to me, making music is like, I, I don't know, Megan, do you, do you feel this way? It's like sort of like a meditation or just like an escape from like the regular world. I don't know, actually, like, I guess at times I feel like I use it in that regard. Um, but generally speaking, I guess like my inspiration of, when I do stuff, it's just because like something or other has made me stoked on a certain idea. Like, Mm, I gotcha. I get inspiration from the stupidest shit. Honestly, like I watched heavyweights on like Netflix. Yeah. I told you that two years ago when it came out. Right. And I immediately was like, how is no one remixed hot chocolates? You sexy thing. I was like, immediately I have to go do that. Right. I guess that's when I get hype on, when I hear other people's shit, then that's when I get super hype on like wanting to record my own stuff. Holy shit. Like, can yeah. you guys hear that? I don't know if you can hear that. I think we I can't hear it. What is it? No, there's a bunch of shit going on. There's like 30 fire engines driving down the street right now. Um, Somebody went out without a mask. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Roasted. That's how, that's oh. how they, that's how they're uh, making their money. The police these days. Um, yeah, no, I get like squad. really weird inspiration, you know, like I think That's I, have, cool, like, I have like two kinds of inspiration. It's either like obligatory or it's me watching something like heavyweights where I'm yeah, like, yeah. holy I mean, it's shit, like a true inspiration. Song, like how is nobody fucking yeah. fucked with that? See, that's, I, I what was I saying that anyway? Um, I don't know you stoner. Um, <laughs> I want to know. How, like, how and when you decided that, like, okay, like, obviously you're, like, very well versed in, like, every aspect of Ableton, right? But I personally feel like one of your passions, I guess, is, like, sound design. Yeah, over just fair like enough to the, say. Is that right? I love sound design. I love so many different things. Of course, of course. I feel like you really shine in sound design. That's my personal opinion. Um, like what? Well, any particular sound that you're thinking of? Um, it's just a, maybe it's just the cleanliness of it. I think like that's well, the one thing that no, stands out to me. It's the differentiation. It it's like why he calls all of his shit alien. Yeah, yeah. It's um, 
a great example is the Manic Focus track that we all collabed on. Oh, yeah. So I think that will come out soon. So people will be able to hear what we're talking about. I was going to say, about, I didn't see that one on Spotify. How'd I miss that shit? It's not out yet. I know. Well, that's why that's I get Well, you could have seen it if you looked at any of our Instagrams. But I'm bad at social media. Come Pat, on. Pat prides himself on being like a thousand not, years old. I'm not priding myself on this <laughs> at all. Well, every I'm time not priding you defend, myself. Every time you defend new balances to me, I take it as pride. Dude, those are so comfortable. Okay. Dude, so here we are. Here. You're taking pride. <laughs> How anyway, did we get here? Um, <laughs> Sorry, we're talking we're like, about sound design and you got to new balance. I don't know. <laughs> we're like practically married, but I want to kill him. Yeah. I don't know. Is that married? I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, in in like quarantine, it. yes, I think that is how marriages are going. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> Probably. What What is this one amazing meme I saw? It's like <laughs> me and my wife love to play this game called... Um, why are you doing it that way? And there are no winners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, dude. So okay, no. Getting back to sound design. So you guys yeah, did. I'm sorry, you guys I'm did sorry. a. No, you guys did a track. I didn't see it, but I'm excited to see it come out. But like oh, you were saying, it? you were saying, <laughs> Megan. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, I was just asking, like, when, like, why and when? I guess did you just, did? I, I guess that's not really the question to ask because I feel like you're so well versed in like so many aspects of Ableton and of production. Here's where I'm going to go with this. What is your favorite thing to do in all of it? What's your favorite part of sitting down and produce? uh, Favorite part of sitting down and producing? And no bullshit. No like, oh, it feels good. Yeah, give us the real deal, dude. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, Well, I guess I have this mentality of like always wanting to do better. And so like I get a kick out of like learning new stuff all the time. And so... Uh, I'm, I watch a lot of YouTube tutorials and, um, I'm always trying to like, see how to push what gear that I have to like break it almost, or to like push it to some limit. And so like one thing I've been really stoked on lately is, um, being able to import like samples into Serum. Mm. Cause like that shit didn't exist. You're talking about like for wavetables and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, like the thing with electronic music that's so cool is for thousands of years we only had so many sounds to work with, like, right. and so people worked with notes yeah. and not sounds. And then like electronic stuff came along, and then it was like, well, anything's possible. Yeah, it's kind of like it opens up a little part of your brain that you didn't think even could be there. Yeah, and so yeah. like I've been tripping out about that continuously since I figured out how to do electronic music. And um, so like, I really like finding sounds I've never heard before. And so I like, I'll try, I'll have whole sessions where I'll just be like, what if I attach this thing to this thing over here? Like, what will that do? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's terrible, but sometimes you get some really cool things and you just sort of take a mental note of that. And then um, just uh, watch other, other YouTube channels and then, um, about like how to make sounds that I might not even use, mm-hmm. but like maybe I'll get some sort of inspiration from. Uh, and so like watching Virtual Riot like import like a snare sound and making a dubstep 
thing out of like the snare sound as a wavetable was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, what else can I import into Serum? Like, oh, I can import other bass sounds. I can import drum sounds. I can import human voices. Like, I can import all these weird found sound recordings I have. And so I imported, um, uh, this is going to sound, it's a, uh, the sound of drilling a styro, uh, to drilling a wooden dowel into a block of styrofoam. Okay. Yeah. It, it creates this angelic singing sound. Yeah. Uh, it's like a high whistling because of the friction of the wood and the styrofoam. And then that's a cool sound unto itself. And then importing that into serum and taking that to some other, putting it in the magic box. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I saw the magic box. That's one of my (laughs) magic Ableton racks, uh, to put some context to that. Dude, it sounds Uh, so good. It sounds so good. I know. (laughs) It's so so easy. So Megan has, he has got got these instruments, um, or audio effects racks in Ableton that, um, I purchased the other night, the other night and was going through and like the magic box. I think the magic box is what you use as your selling point. Right. And, well, that's, uh, that's the one that's, I use the most easily. Oh, dude, you could throw that literally on every track and it's going to just sweeten it up um, yeah. on everything. So let me kind of like getting into that, like, and I know like kind of taking a tangent from your sound design, maybe it's a little related, but you added, you have all these audio effects that, that you sell on um, Gumroad. So you guys can go check out Ahi on Gumroad.com if you are interested. And how did you, so you have like, I think it was like 20 or 25 in the first pack and then an additional 30 in the second pack. And are these yeah. all ones, like how did you develop these? Was it this intention to create something that Ableton didn't have natively? Or was it just something that you found yourself using time and time again, creating your own rack? Well, um, I wanted to provide something useful because there's this one Ableton rack that I use often still called, uh, what's it, what's it called? Bass clefts, uh, easy washout. Okay. And it was just an effect and it combines like reverb and EQ and delay, uh, in just this clever way where you just turn one knob and it just sounds really cool. It just is like a cool transition effect from yeah. like one sound into another or like for at the end of a song you reverb out. Sure. And, um, and I thought that was so useful and I wanted to provide something of use, uh, to the community because I had this, uh, I think that was before I started making YouTube videos. I made those and I released them. And then when I started doing the YouTube videos, I just sort of included them at the bottom because I thought people would find them useful. And then, people started really digging it and it's sort of become a thing now. And so I just, I include it in everything because it, it helps me, you know, to sell those, um, which is like a, a weird niche in the music industry on like how to make money in the music industry is like, uh, I, I just come from this mentality of like providing something useful for other people. And then, uh, people want to buy that if and, it's useful. Dude, and it is because like, I can tell you, I think I bought number one, number two, and then like the extended or whatever, there was like five extra racks for like five bucks or, yeah, whatever, yeah. or eight for five bucks or whatever, the extended. And that yeah. all together cost me $50. And yeah. the amount of money over the years, I've had Ableton since live eight, since 2008, just fucking around with it, like just using it as a normal doll, like recording guitar yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. But like trying to find like all these different marketed 
effects and VSTs and stuff that are out there. Yeah. The, with the $50 I spent on your three things is better than, I'd say probably like 10 out of 10 things I bought. It's like better than like the, for bang for your buck. And everybody yeah. has that. Like you don't have to buy a special VST. It's just all, if you have Ableton suite, it's just fucking phenomenal, man. And it's like, some of the things are super simple, like just a frequency splitter, you know, just like a symbol, but yeah, the, it's just like simple tools that simple like, tools, you, man. Yeah, but, that like people just are too lazy to build for themselves. Yeah, or people build it for themselves one time and they find the sweet spot and then they yeah. forget to save it, right? And then yeah. the, the, the beauty of your effects racks is that they're all on like macro controls and they all it's all keeps it super simple. I think like your your magic box, which might have the most, it has like eight. Uh, but for the most part, most of them have just like two knobs and you can find the sweet spot with like, Two knobs or less. Okay, yeah, Pat, like, that's, that's awesome. very cool and all, but yeah, no one wants to hear about my racks. Uh, I like them. I don't know. I like them. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to turn this into an hour-long ad. <laughs> People know. get mad at I me do. on YouTube. I do. <laughs> Whenever I there's always weird YouTube comments of people being like, "I don't like this part," or like, "Yeah, I don't know." Well, it's, YouTube is like full of the world's most honest and hurt people. <laughs> That's so, so kind of you to say that. <laughs> so yeah. So you like, that oh brings God. up a good question. So do you, do you find yourself, um, after every video you post, do you, do you, are you the type of person who reads through the comments and like tries to better yourself every time? Or you just kind of say, fuck it. I don't want to. There's no let bettering yourself down. on YouTube. No, I know. I know. But I'm just like, I know sometimes YouTube people might YouTube is it like, as, you're a fucking fag. I know, Kill I know. yourself. I know. I know. But I mean, <laughs> like, do you, do you use that or do you ignore it? Do you read them? What do you, what's your approach to it? Um, I usually, when I just recently post the video, I'll go through and I'll answer like some questions that people have. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I've definitely like, had to go through and be like, oh shit, I can't look at these comments. Like when it gets yeah. too hectic and like, there's like too many people on mm -hmm. there saying stupid shit. And I'm just like, okay, I gotta, right. I can't go to these comments anymore. It gets uh, so bad. Like honestly, it's like the person who's never released a track in their life is trying to tell you how you're doing things wrong. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's part of it, you know, and just other people just saying like, I don't know. It's just like people that don't know you that assume something because you're trying to like convey all the, I'm trying to convey all this like in-depth knowledge in like a set amount of time mm -hmm. and in a frozen non-dynamic medium, which yeah. is this video. Do you get like any ridiculous yeah. ass comments though that just like insult your being? Oh yeah. Uh, let me see if I can remember the, the, every now and then I get a comment is like, you should learn before you teach. Okay. The fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah. And then, then I go and check out uh, some, I've, when I first got those, I got triggered. Now I don't really get triggered. Cause I'm just like, Oh, you don't know me. Yeah. But, um, so, you know, when I was first watching, I'd get triggered and I'd like go look them up and it's like, they don't have anything out, you know? Right. Yeah. They haven't even released. Yeah, music. no, totally. Yeah. I think and I like, went through that. Like, seven years ago of Dude. like peeping on that kind of shit. But at the same time, that really is, you know, if you, if you haven't had the ability to gain the thick skin that it takes to be on, like to publicize yourself on like so many social media platforms and yada, yada. 
that shit's like really jarring for a second. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, absolutely. It can be yeah, like yeah. really, uh, I mean, obviously we've like seen a bajillion people that have like dealt with that and like not fared well. I guess I'm definitely one of those people that's just like, oh, what the fuck ever. But that shit can really jar you. And I think YouTube is one of the most toxic platforms there really are in terms of like memberships and like commenters and shit like that. I really don't feel like I get that kind of reception on really any other platform. And I feel like that that's been that way since I was like 10 years old. Like YouTube yeah. has always been the worst. Yeah. yeah. Though I want to be fair to my, my subscribers is that like these negative comments are generally like, you know, of small percentage. Yes. Like the majority of the comments are like positive comments. And I always try to, you know, give love to those people, you know, that are not just to like be like looking for hype and yes people on it, but like I can see yeah. some people in there that's like honestly changed how they work. Yeah. It for the better. And like, yeah. I try to give love to those people. We're going to have you come here like just for a, just a slam at, le at least yeah. for you to come do a slam panel. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. I, I've been trying to, when I, when I was doing live shows, uh, I try to like meet up and have some sort of Ableton thing during the daytime before the show. Yeah. That'd be great. A hundred percent. Like we fully, need that kind of stuff and like slam has been doing that like we've been having like like mr bill is a big affiliate of slam for example like yeah i think i've seen his master class on slam yeah so yeah. then we have like mr bill and we have um we have mindex and we have dvs1 and we have um Turnian sound. Yeah, Turnian sounds dope. And myself, I don't know. The the squad, I mean, and also Laserbeak. Laserbeak uh produced the first Lizzo album. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah, so the school I work for is like fucking it's dope, kicking dude. ass. They have a Ahi, campus like, in Denver too. On the, on the real, Chris, like we we have to get you in there like they're doing real shit dope. and they have a big ass following, so you could show them like templates and like do stereo bus. Yeah, we could just do a coordination like of you coming in to teach and perform and get you. Maybe some I could thriller. perform my twelve year old music where I'd yell drug random drug names. Dude, I love so that, that would be hilarious. I love that. I you know what you should it. do? You had some of it, so we <laughs> you could should, listen to it. You should take your production skills right now that you have. Like, you know, the people who always are like, Oh, I wish I could go back to high school knowing what I knew now. You could do that, go back take your production skills right now and then take your lyrics from back then and merge them into one people would hate just like it. it would just no people would love it i think <laughs> if people hate it that you got to get it if people hate it you want to make you them know, hate it so much that they love it you know they i think who would love it is other 12 year olds <laughs> there you go but that, those are the people who are buying music and streaming music all right, it's well, true. we're hey, going to pop out here. No, no, I want to ask, I, uh, before we before we Wait. leave, I want I want to do like kind of a little lightning round with you. I want to ask you some like little quick questions here, all right? Okay. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. What's your favorite food? Pizza. Pizza, what, what like what toppings? Cheese. Just straight cheese? cheese? Yeah. What's, like multi-cheese or one cheese? 
Cheese. All right. Just Don't cheese. matter. <laughs> what was your least favorite? What do you hate? What do you hate to eat? Um, cold asparagus. Yeah, that's gross. Uh, I agree. All right. Favorite color? Uh, red. Red. Why? Uh, I don't know. It's, I love you. That's my it's, favorite it's color. Bold. 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 The color. boldness. Yeah, it looks cool. good. Cool. What? Do you, what's your least favorite part about people? Um, ignorance. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I, I can go with that. Oh, yeah, okay. just or or hubris. Yeah. Hubris. That's a good word. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, but yeah. hubris can be good. Ignorance can't be good. But hubris. Mm. But maybe hubris is your least favorite part of people. Yeah, I don't know. But no, hubris can be good. Uh, all right, I'm sorry. All right, all right. I'm sorry. sorry. We could have a whole debate right. about this. I... <laughs> favorite favorite vacation spot. A uh, favorite vacation spot. What's a vacation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I really want to go to. To I want to really want to go to the Shinto trails in Japan and hike those. So okay. I'll say that. Uh, very cool. Japan. What's uh? How about this one? Um, what is your favorite venue you played? Not your favorite show, your favorite venue. That's a, that's a ridiculous question. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. All the venues are like listening. It's, it's, it's mine. Whatever venue I'm booked at, that's my favorite there you one. Go. Okay, see, nice politically correct. You. Nice politically correct. All right, what is the favorite show you've ever played then? Um, I think my favorite show was so far in my life was my last LIB. I played at the Stax uh, on Thursday night which is just like, it's the only bass music stage open. So just everyone's there nice. and it just had the best energy. And, you know, uh, even yeah. during this quarantine, I've go gone back to like watch clips from that show to be like, I miss shows. <laughs> That's awesome. LIB is hands down one of the best festivals I've ever been to. I, I would rate it next to Gem and Jam. So yeah. Um, okay, favorite oh God, uh, favorite movie of all time, if you had to pick one, Desert Island movie. If you had to take oh. a VHS tape with you on a Desert Island. Maybe Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. All right. Wow. That's a good one. Okay. Really, right. I just, like, end all I just, be all. That's the only one that you would watch forever. <laughs> I just really like that scene in which Beethoven is playing in the shop. He's playing the synthesizer in the shopping mall. I'll just watch that part over and over again. But over and over? Like, <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, dude, yeah. it's hilarious. Um, oh my God. Okay. okay. Wait, I'm going to keep going here. This is a lightning round. It's a no, lightning round. No, you're killing me. No. What about you? What movie no, would no, you watch not... if you were fucking quarantined on an island? Wayne's World. Wayne's World 1. Oh my God. Yeah. K -Y -S. No, dude, Wayne makes me laugh so hard. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, what are you watching right now during quarantine? What have you been finding fun? Uh. I really like this sh this show Kipo. What I'm not familiar. What is that? It's I don't know if you ever watched like Avatar. Uh, I have. I dated a girl who was really into it once, and then we oh, watched oh, the it Avatar: bit. The Last Airbender. Yes, yeah, say. yeah, the cartoon. Yeah. yeah. So there's this other show. It's almost exactly like that. The anim animation style is super similar, and it's just like this girl who is in. She's like from this underground world, and she. It goes up to the surface on accident and has to learn how to survive because the surface is overrun by like really cute, like mutant animals that are trying to eat people. <laughs> okay. And, and what, what's I it just, called again? The story, storytelling is so good. I just love it. And where can, uh, where is it on Netflix? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. I've also been enjoying the Midnight Gospel. Yeah, that's been pretty Midnight great, right? Midnight fucking Gospel. I only watched the first yeah. two episodes. That's all uh, I care about. Everybody here tonight, <laughs> go watch Midnight Gospel. Really? All five of you. All five of us watch, or all five people watching. Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, all right, and then uh, I had one other question. Oh, I was going to ask, is there anything you have coming up that you want to promote? I mean, I know we're all stuck inside right now, but you guys- Yeah, when, when is this podcast going to come out? I mean, this is live right now, so the video is going to be out instantly, but we're going to push this uh, the audio out by next Monday, by this okay. upcoming Monday. Cool. So I have this, oh, I have a live stream tomorrow night, uh, but also I think I have another- some other live streams um, with like sleeveless records and Rinraku uh, next week. And then uh, I'm also working on an album for a particular dubstep label that I can't mention right now, but that's going to be like one of my biggest releases coming up. And then uh, also I'm working on a live stream show that I can't really tell some details about, but I can just say, it's called the UFO show and it is insane because it's like I'm flying in my own custom UFO. Oh, awesome. Through like a virtual world that is all generated in real time. Uh, and I, I'm not going to be able to show that for like a couple months uh, because it's still in development, but like it is insane. So I can't wait to show that people that. That's very, very cool. Um, well, Chris, we really, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we apologize for the, you know, the miscommunication and the tech, oh, whatever, good. but we appreciate you. I had you. fun. Yeah, this has been great, man. Uh, and uh, for everybody out there listening, if you're a producer, go check out the Ahi Magic Box. Go check out his uh, tutorials on YouTube and you can learn quite a bit. This guy's amazing. Yeah. And, and anybody who's watching, follow Green Room podcast on Twitch. Follow Ahi on Twitch. Follow me on Twitch. Yep. And follow just us all. The bases. Just follow everything, everybody. Yeah, do everything you know right now. Do. Everybody knows what to do. Everything. <laughs> everything. No, we appreciate everybody. you so much, Chris. Thank you so much. Hey, I appreciate it. This has been super fun. I, I like you guys. That's We great. like you. We like you too. All right. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate you. Have a great night. Peace out, alien. We'll see Peace, you soon. Peace, aliens.